Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Welcome to episode 41, Chocolate Talk. I'm so excited to pair two of my favorite things, Uh, wine and chocolate. Mm. Count me in. Yeah, to say that my probably next favorite thing my next favorite love besides wine is chocolate is an understatement. Is it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I do love me some good chocolate. That is for sure. And we do have a really good plate, a mini plate of chocolates here. I'm a little bit of a chocolate snob, though, so <gasps> yeah, I'm picky on I might have chocolates. offended you then. Probably not. Not from the looks of it. It looks okay. delicious. All right. So fantastic. let's get started. So we're drinking the chocolate block. It's a 2016 wine from, I'm going to fail, Bokenhauskloof. Yeah, it's from South (laughs) Africa. I don't really know how to pronounce that, but it's, I I don't think that's the right way. (laughs) (laughs) I take no offense to that. It's, I take no offense. Uh, It is probably From my limited uh, experience in South Africa. Um, Yeah, you went. When did it go? How recently? It's almost been two years. Oh my God. And I, I mean, I think we have so much to talk about with chocolate that we're going to try and revisit the uh, South African wine region another time because I think their wine mm. is wonderful and I know we'll be doing another one soon. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, that is dark. Wow. Well, it's because it, oh, that's a big pour too. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, it smells delicious. Um, um, this is a blend, right? Yeah, it's a blend. It's Syrah Grenache Noir, specifically, but I think that should be implied here. Um, Grenache Noir, uh, Cinso. I did I miss one? Ca- Cabernet. Cabernet and Viennier. It's 79% Viennier, yeah. Syrah, though. So you, in the United States, you could label it just as a Syrah, honestly. Because oh. 75% or more of the varietal, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> in California, right? In the United States. So well, except Oregon. Except right? Oregon. Yeah, that's right. that yeah, was the crazy so, one. So yeah, when I went to South Africa, um, I was so surprised by... Cheers. Oh yeah, we have to cheers, of course. <laughs> I want to drink. Cheers. Cheers. That's good. Okay. I need to breathe, but it's really good. Wow. Like Surprising. That. Okay, go ahead. So you've been to South Africa. What uh, was your yeah. goal? So I, my husband met people on a trip uh, to... He was somewhere else in Europe and he met these South African people and he became friends with them and they became like family and he had gone down one time to visit them before me and we went down a second time um, and I went with him. Amazing. Yeah. So I'll get into the details of the trip another time, but the wine, I mean, I had dabbled in South African wine before we went and I had enjoyed what I had tried before. Yeah. But going there, I mean, the wine is so unbelievably cheap to Americans when you're there. Really? That like I went in and bought a box of wine. I swear I only spent like $60 or something, 70. I mean like for like a case, like it was a lot of wine. Oh my God. So like we were tasting all sorts of things. Well, isn't, I think that South Africa is known at least from what I know, it's like Pinotage or Chenin Blanc. Yeah. They've got a lot of other things going on there. And like I said, I mean, I think that could be an entire episode, and so yeah. we'll kind of leave that. But just know, listeners, that South Africa is a 
great wine region to start exploring and listen, you know, look for our next episode whenever we decide to do another South African wine, which should be fairly soon. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's so, my plug on South Africa. That's awesome. And I, one other thing that I wanted to mention about the, the wine, like the blend in particular. So Syrah is super deep in color. It is very yeah. purpley. Which and you can tell by this one. Our teeth are going to be straight up oh, purple. Yeah. Oh peeps. yeah. So we have that, but one of the very common blends uh, or blending grapes with Syrah is Viognier, which is a white grape for those who aren't aware. Yeah. And it's one of those aromatic white grapes. And the reason why is because Viognier somehow decides to smooth out the texture of Syrah, which I always thought was pretty silky anyway. Yeah. Um, but it also adds a little bit of more exotic fruit characters. I mean, this is this is 1%, so it is marginal that it yeah. is going to have an impact but i think other blends other syrahs not even blends on the label but other syrahs will typically have like anywhere from like five to ten percent viognier to actually have more of a i think a, a greater impact on the yeah. wine but this is good it's it's interesting it feels well, then i gotta do like the 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 real smelling and tasting because i've just been drinking it because i've been like <laughs> You gotta do the real deal. Yeah, the real deal. Yeah, I do think it needs. I to, gotta spin uh, it. I think it needs to breathe a little bit. Do you want to use my pocket aerator? Hmm. <laughs> Potentially. Okay, but uh, we'll wait. We'll we'll give it a minute. Uh, it is. This is fourteen point three nine percent ABV. Another one that is to the hundredth of decimal. I know. Weird. I've never but. seen that until like the last, like last week's episode. Right. So I mean. But that is, I mean, that's a pretty good alcohol content. It is. I'm not what complaining. What year is this? A 2016. Okay. Yeah. So, um, fairly, fairly fresh. All um, right. So I'm, I'm going to do this. Hold on. Are you going to slurp? Let's do it. Oh, wait, I'm smelling first. Mm. I get some floral notes um, and some like a little like fruit and pepper. Definitely. I think that there is uh, a, a woody character. Not your typical oak character. Mm-mm. It's like woody, like piney. And okay. maybe some dr- like dried violets or something. Because it's not like a, a fresh floral where I would no. associate it with, you know, a, like a Beaujolais or even a white wine. This is this is darker. It's more brooding. <laughs> This is this is darker. I agree with you. It is like a dried floral. It's not it's not like kind of that fresh flowery smell. Neither is it like a fresh fruity smell. I'm sorry. I'm not picking up a lot on the aromas. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm I think, getting I think my nose get, is a little clogged. I get the dried flowers on the nose and I get pepper. And I get a little bit of like almost wet asphalt. Ooh, okay. So and maybe um, maybe that's actually why I, I'm used to more fruit forward. This is not and like I don't heavy. Think, it's not heavy fruit. Wine. But it's but it is. There's a lot of fruit in this wine. There it's is just not fruit forward. But it's very much. I'd say the flavors. It's not like layered flavors. It's like they're all on the same level. <laughs> they're all it's the well same balanced. Field. Yeah. So I'm just looking at what what it's aged in. Mm-hmm. And the Grenache is matured in 600 liter barrels to retain its unmistakable fruity aromas and vibrancy. 
I, I don't know if I'm getting the fruity grenache. aromas. Yeah. What's the, the grenache? Pers- but the grenache is only 11%. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was kind of low. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I'm really torn because I'm not feeling a ton. And th- uh, this is where I struggle because the flavors of each varietal will change based on the climates and based on the terroir. And yeah. I think that this is not, we're not going to get the traditional like Syrah flavors that we would have that are like super inky because uh, they're typically dark, like very heavy dark fruits. Like but I am getting black. I feel like it's more black currant than like any blackberry. I'm getting the spice though. Juicy. It is spicy. And I think you're right with like the, the pepper. I don't know if this is yeah. like black peppercorn or what, but. So the rest of the wine matures in um, first, second, and third fill of French oak barrels. Um, for 16 oh. months. And then it undergoes a light egg white fining and filtration. Oh, we've talked about this before. Yeah. And they, yeah, they do. I mean, that's a very common practice. And they do that to kind of um, filter the wine, get rid of some of the... Like extra sediment, right? Extra sediment, extra tannins, I believe. So, I don't know. I mean, I think this is Syrah-esque. It is. I'm, t- I'm torn because it's not a conventional... I, I still don't feel like it's a conventional Syrah. I think no, that it's not. But it's, this this pininess is like really throwing me off a little bit. I'm not gonna lie; it's not bad. It's just throwing me off a little bit. It's well, it's must interesting. be this noir because they say this enhances the flavor profile significantly with Syrah being the structural backbone. Structural so, backbone. So, what are the tasting notes from the winemaker? Okay, so the tasting notes say <laughs> everything that I just said didn't exist. Oh. <laughs> Um, the nose is exceptionally perfumed with an abundance of complex red and dark berry fruit. That's what I, I'm not totally on board. But okay. then it says violets. Okay. And intense aromas of white pepper. I get white pepper. Yep. Yep. Dark brooding. Did I say brooding before? Mm-hmm. I, oh, wow. Okay. Dark brooding fruit follows through onto a structured opulent palate with notes of cardamom. Oh. Nah. Cumin, cloves, and black pepper. Maybe some cloves and black pepper. I don't get the cardamom oh. or the cumin. Oh, do you say cumin? Uh-huh. I think I used to, and then I now I say cumin. Why? I have no clue. <laughs> Coumadin. That's why I say it. That's a drug. I know, but it's not cumidin. It's coumadin. But it's right. C-O-U. This Damn is it! C-O-U. Okay, all right. <laughs> Shoot! Okay, I will adjust my oh my speaking habits it. accordingly. Um, oh, so just a continuation. It says uh, mid palate is rich, textured, and balanced with integrated acidity, cocoa powdery tannins, and definite cedarwood character. I swear to God, I did not Sorry, read this before. Oak, yeah. I just copied and pasted and scrolled down. Um, derived from French oak. So white pepper lingers on a smooth, lifted finish. I I get I get the white pepper for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, can we get to the chocolate? Because I've been like looking at this, and you I'm haven't like, had it. Okay, I haven't, I haven't had, had, had any either. chocolate, and I really want to have some. All right. So, what we have here, we, we have, have some. This is dark chocolate caramels from and um, milk chocolate caramels, sea salt. Sorry. Okay. And those are both from Savannah's Candy Kitchen. Okay. Because I was just at the Atlanta airport for like an absurd nice. number of hours. Um, we were there together. We were at one point, yeah. um, and so that's why I knew exactly where to go. Yep. Uh, this is, ooh, this other one that we have here is a, I'm going to mispronounce it, Vosges. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. smoked salt, 80% cacao. Okay. 
Alderwood smoked salt and cocoa nibs in 80% dark chocolate. Nice. And then this last one is a little bit trickier, but there is this place in like Naperville, Illinois. Okay. And it's called Le Chocolat Bouchard. Oh. Isn't this You Got Me the Pinot Noir one? I did. I haven't tried it yet. So this place is super cool, and I'm super pissed because I couldn't find it. Like, I could not buy it online. But they sell chocolates specific to the varietals. Now, they sell big bars that cover, like, like two varietals, but Mm -hmm. they also sell these tiny ones. You can see I have Cab and Malbec. But what I popped open, because we have to try a difference here, is a milk chocolate okay. that is recommended for Chardonnay and Riesling. Okay. Is that what that says? So we're going opposite. Oh, I'm here. sorry. Chardonnay or Champagne, which oh. Champagne's made from Chard, so that makes sense. And we're going to try it all. And we'll try it all. So I actually, my grandmother got me a box, and it has wines for chocolate on it, and they're these little, like, almost, do you remember, like, the gold coins? Yes. Oh, my God, I love coins. those. I was just talking they about They look those. like those, except they're really good, and they're, like, all different kinds of chocolate. And then it tells you, like, what percentage, first of all, of dark chocolate it is, and then, second mm-hmm. of all, what wines you should pair it with. It's amazing. That, it's, it's like a, a kit? Thanks, Grandma. Thanks, Grandma. It's like a little box of chocolates, but, like... Specifically, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know which one you're gonna get and which wine you should pop open. That's a good game. There you go. That's a good game. You just like close your eyes, put your hand on the box, pull out a chocolate, and you're like, okay, this is what I'm drinking and eating tonight. I'm okay with that life. That sounds like a great life. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like that. I know my mom has also received a gift that has. Again, tailored chocolates to different types of wines. Yeah. So it's almost like they sell like a red pack and a white pack. And so, I mean, obviously, people want to know how to pair chocolate and wine properly. They do. I didn't know that there were rules, but so there are some rules. There, there are some recommendations, right? Yes. <laughs> You're struggling with that. I am struggling <laughs> with that because I would say that these recommendations are really so that you don't totally f it up. And may, like have like bitter chocolate with like a bitter wine. So okay, I'm gonna tell you my favorite chocolate. Yes. Oh yes. And then I want you to tell us about this chocolate wine tasting you just went yes. to that I was unfortunately unable to attend I with know. you. But um, okay, so I love dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. I love dark chocolate with sea salt. Perfect. Uh huh. I love dark chocolate with hazelnut. Me too. And I'm. I'm okay. I'm okay. I like milk chocolate, but not to the extent of dark chocolate. And I do not like white chocolate. Well, white chocolate's not real chocolate. I'm a chocolate racist. (laughs) White chocolate is not real chocolate. You talk to a confectioner. No, it's it's not. not. There's no. There's no cocoa in it, it. and it's something to do like they replace like the fats with something different. It's totally messed up. It's an imposter. It is an imposter, so don't walk into a confectioner shop and say, I want white chocolate, and be like, meh, heh, heh, like snooty. Like, no, that's not real chocolate. Eat the real fucking thing. Okay. I just said that Amy because my sister, really oh, my sister has gotten into some Major arguments movements. about people, with people about that. So I'm going to start out with some of my favorites. Well, I mean, and I also, like, do you have a favorite chocolate at all? What are your favorites? Uh, I mean, I could, I'm not going to tell you, like, all my favorite kind, like, Specifics, we'll get to that. Are we talking like legitimate, like real chocolate, or are we talking about like candy? That no, chocolate? real chocolate. We're not okay. talking about so, like. <laughs> I do have a special place in my heart for like a regular Hershey's bar, mm. 
like just like one of the little squares that says Hershey's mm-hmm. and you just pop it in and it just like melts. If I'm eating chocolate by itself, mm-hmm. to me that has such great satisfaction and I don't know if it's because it takes me back memory lane and yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm a kid again and it's wonderful. Um, however... I actually, I do really like, like you, dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. I like, I, it's funny that I bought, good. good. It's funny that I bought caramels because I don't really like caramel. I'm usually, I don't, caramel's not my go-to, but if it's, if there's a dark chocolate covered Mm -hmm. one like this, Mm -hmm. and Ghirardelli makes some good ones too. Yeah. Other than that, it's not really my go-to. Yeah, I do like... I'm a purist. I'm a purist for the dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. I do really like sea salt on it. It just adds a little... Extra kind of sweet and savory, like it, it balances, and I think that's what maybe that's why we like wine so much because it really tries to balance mm-hmm. sort of that sweet. Although this is more umami, we'll get to umami in a little I bit. I also really like dark chocolate covered almonds with a little bit of sea salt. Sometimes I think that it's too much chocolate. No, to the almond. You know, see, it also always depends on the ratio. Yes, actually. I'm going to say something sinful, but Starbucks actually has some good dark chocolate covered Do they? almonds. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think I've had them. They're good. They're good. I'll get you some. Oh, I go there. I <laughs> probably, I think I have points. Uh, I definitely do. I, it's in my, at my workplace. So. Oh, shoot. Well, I don't have that. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I do love dark chocolate. Um, especially if it's something that is just like, I'm going to eat it. I find that I have more control actually mm-hmm. when I eat, when I eat dark chocolate versus when I eat something that's milk chocolate, because it's that extra sugar, that extra milk that's in there that you just really, I think it, it's like you just, once you pop, you can't stop. It's like Pringles, but oh, chocolate. Yeah. I'll take chocolate over Pringles any day. Mm-hmm. So tell us some tips that you learned from your wine and chocolate oh my tasting, God. and then I'll tell you some things that I've been reading about. Yes. I had the very sheer pleasure of going, unfortunately, Sarah could not accompany me, but it was one of our local wine tastings, and they were pairing wines with one of our local uh, chocolatiers, Indulgence Chocolate. Which is some of my favorite chocolate ever. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And I think that I'm not going to go super into uh, indulgence chocolates, although they are. I'm going to give Julie a shout out because she did an amazing job at the tasting and it was fantastic. And all I wanted to do was just like keep eating the chocolate. <laughs> like she gave me two pieces of one of them. I was like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't the one that had raspberries in it because I did eat <laughs> we that. I know how much you don't like that. Um, but so we were, we sampled, we had eight different pairings. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about this wine, this tasting was that it wasn't like really one specific type of wine. We actually went across from like the full spectrum. We did uh, whites into some reds into uh, port and sherry and then they finished it with whiskey. Oh. It was, I didn't even, no. I, I couldn't. I'm going to need a little bit of Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I could not <laughs> Could not drink it. I even tried to water it down a little bit, and no. just the smell of it, I was like, nope. the chocolate paired with it was real tasty, though. No, I so, can't. Yeah, no, no whiskey for this girl. Yeah. Uh-uh. So sick. Port, I can do. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to talk through uh, a little bit of the tastings, but basically, the I think the first rule of the road mm-hmm. for pairing wine and chocolate, from what we learned, is that it's similar to your food pairings, where you either want to have complementary 
um, flavors. So if you have like a sweet wine, you could go with a sweeter chocolate. Okay. Or you could do complete contrast. So something fruity with something that's a little spicy because that'll kind of like cut it a little bit, you know? Okay, that makes sense. Um, so you could go a couple different ways. And so it's not like uh, Nate like went in and said, we're going to have only complimentary chocolates and wines. Yeah. So that, it was a little scary at first, I'm not going to lie, because when you look at some of the chocolates that we went through, it was uh-huh. like, what? Well, I'm not, you can't make chocolate with that. That's That doesn't make sense. Uh, the other rule that um, Julie actually mentioned is that typically when you want to pair wine and chocolate, if you're pairing this with like a darker wine, you okay. are going to want to have a darker chocolate. There's going to be a little extra bitterness, and that's going to be able to stand up to the wines. Okay. Um, nothing that's like crazy over tanniny, I don't think, would pair well, especially with dark chocolate. I think if you do have a wild tannin wine, you're going to want to have something that is a little lower cacao percentage. Cacao. Cacao. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the lighter your wines are, the sweeter the wines are, you're typically going to go more to the milk chocolate side. Okay. The first wine that we tasted was a Sauvignon Blanc. It actually is a blend. It's a white blend uh, that is 83% Sauvignon Blanc, 11% Sauvignon Gris, Sauvignon Mosquet, which is essentially a clone of Sauvignon Blanc. I'd never heard of this before. Okay. A clone of Sauvignon Blanc that actually has more tropical fruits. Interesting. And get this. The Sauvignon Blanc was aged in French oak. Very interesting. Which you never see. I mean, Sauvignon Blanc is not a white wine that you ate in oak. Yeah. So this is a Chalk Hill Sauvignon Blanc. It was phenomenal. Okay. Um, It had much... To my dismay, it did have some creaminess. However, it was a very pleasant creaminess, not like the overly oaked Chardonnays that I despise so much. Mm -hmm. So this was super, super yummy. Paired with an apricot thyme truffle. And the cool thing about this was like... Wow, I can't even imagine what that would taste like. The thyme was just so, so subtle. and But the apricot had apricot puree in it. It was amazing. Amazing. And I don't like apricots either. But this pairing was perfect. This was like, I rated this and one other one is like the highest. It was amazing. And, you know, I don't drink tons of white wine. Okay, number two was a Riesling from Mosul that was a little bit on the sweeter side. Okay. So already I'm a little, you know, uh, not happy. It's like, I will drink it, but I am appreciative of the fact that I know it's going to be sweeter. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this was paired with a 64% cacao, a bittersweet citrus ginger dark chocolate bar. And it's so it's made with a little bit of orange and lemon zest. Okay. And we have another local spice company called Penzi's, which okay. Indulgence uses a lot. Oh, nice. And so they use their ground ginger in this. And it was phenomenal. It was also a really, really good pairing. The Riesling was still a little too sweet for me. That is sort of what threw off my scoring, but this paired really, really well because it had, you had the sweetness of the Riesling, but cut a little bit by like the citrus, the citrus in the chocolate accentuated the citrus that was in the Riesling. But cut the sweetness. But cut the sweetness because of the ginger. It was really cool, but it makes a lot of sense when you think about it because Riesling pairs really well with like Asian foods, and there's a lot of ginger that that is pulled into that type of cuisine. 
Um, the next one, not my fave. And mm. this was a, it was a Pinot Noir from California, Sonoma Coast. The wine was not my fave. Okay. I did not dig this Pinot. It was not good to me. Uh, <laughs> can I, can I just interrupt by saying Yes, please. Okay, I've been chocolate tasting while you're talking. Oh yeah, I haven't. I'm getting real no, warm, no. girl. You, you keep going cause you're doing great. This dark chocolate. What Which is one? this? This one? No, it's this one. Ah, yeah. That the smoked sh- salt. Shit's really good. With the wine? I mean, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the six bars from Boches that I bought because I was like, yeah, I think I need six bars of chocolate right now. Yeah. Well, I'm good job. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Okay. Anyways, I'm glad on. I can please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is it is good with wine. And I have to tell you about my little wine and chocolate experience after you're done with this. So with ahead. all of these, or do you need yeah, to? No, no, no. Go, okay. go for it. All right. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this very much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to speed through a little bit. Mm. Okay. So this Pinot Noir, not digging it. The chocolate, on the other hand, was 50% cacao, bittersweet, cherry almond dark chocolate bar. Oh, see, those are some of my. I love. Uh-huh. I love me some cherry dark. Yeah, almond. and they're Door County cherries. Okay, so, so you know they're amazing. Hell yeah, Wisconsin! Like, what will it represent? The chocolate was really delicious. I was a little surprised. I think he was going for a compliment because Pinot Noir typically will have sort of those cherry notes. Yeah, I just felt this Pinot was. They did not. It's similar to what. Well, this Pinot was very disappointing to me. Yeah. It just did not have the fruit that I expected from the pinot it was so do you think an oregon pinot would do better yes 100 percent. maybe we need to recreate i also think that this could go really well with a a beaujolais not a beaujolais nouveau but a beaujolais from one of the the 10 grand crew i think that that could actually pair really really well i just bought one did you yeah i went to ray's our local wine shop to pick up like two bottles of wine and i ended up walking out with like 10 (laughs) but you know. So I don't go to raise the until course. these tastings. Yeah. It was double points. Whatever. Oh, that's right. I missed it. I was on vacation. Um, okay, so the next one, and this was one of my favorite pairings, was a Barbara D'Asti. Oh, I love Barbara, but I'm not Well, Barbara, Barbara. I just said Barbara, but I think it's Barbara. Shit. Potato. Regardless. Tomato, tomato, right? I'm going to say it's Barbara, like a woman. Like, hey, Barb, what's up? But it was sparkling? No. Okay. No. Good. It's not sparkling. So this was a, it's um, it's a red, it's called Lavignon. Okay. That sounds, I just said that French, but that's fine. Okay, wait. I don't want you to see what the pairing is. No, I'm just looking at the wine. Oh. So it's, uh, okay. it was a 2016. The pairing From is. Italy. From Italy. Okay. Thank you. Um, aged in stainless steel for nine months. Soft tannins, earthy flavors. It's one of my favorite Italian wines. This, get, okay, so I have to, before I talk about the chocolate. Yeah. Um, it was explained that this particular wine was made with a method called pijage, which sounds crazy. Yeah. I don't even know how you spell it. But essentially what that means is that while it's fermenting, instead of, you know, like punch downs, like for the maceration with the skins so that the color from the skins like gets pulled into the flavors and the yeah. tannins and stuff, this, it's, you whip it. You're whipping together the must, like the juice and the skins and all of that stuff. And that is what... Whip it good. Whip it good. <laughs> that is what um, ha- helps to soften the tannins. Uh, anyway, phenomenal. Phenomenal wine. 
Um, wow. I might have to go try me some of that. Yeah, it was really good, but you're going to have to try price it. Point? I did. No. I don't even remember the price point, but actually they were all really well priced now okay. that I think about it. Pretty low. The chocolate. <laughs> Not good? It was amazing. Oh, okay. It was porcini mushroom mm. and hazelnut. Mm. It was a dark chocolate bar. Okay, so the porcini, it's, um, the, there is this guy <laughs> called Mushroom Mike. Okay. In Milwaukee. I want to meet him. I know. He Jul- should come on the podcast. Julie mentioned this, and he finds mushrooms, and this is where they bought them from. Okay, we need to find him, because I'm so interested. Because <laughs> you love mushrooms. Yeah, well, so I much. love mushrooms, and I'm so interested in wild mushroom hunting. Mm-hmm. I actually have several books on this. Do you really? Yeah, but I've never actually, like, braved it because I'm afraid I'll kill myself or my loved ones with poison mushrooms. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. so don't go by yourself. Yeah, so that's why we need Mushroom Mike. Yeah, okay. So we have to find okay. him. All right. Uh, yeah, Mushroom Mike. And I was like, <laughs> is that for real? It was. Um, so he, they bought the mushrooms from Mushroom Mike and they ground them into like a powder. And then that powder is combined with the chocolate and, you know, I mean mixed because then Mm -hmm. once you get it, it's like consistent and like clean throughout. I mean, it was, again, it's one of those things where you see it on a bar and you're like, I am not eating that. That sounds disgusting. Amazing. Because it was just, it gave this earthy tone, like... I don't want to say mossy, but, like, it it was just such a nice tone to the chocolate. And a lot of Italian wines, like Barbara d'Asti and like... Have a mushroomy... Have a mushroomy flavor. And they are meant to go with these more umami Mm -hmm. flavors. Their high acidity pairs really Mm -hmm. well with these umami or the savory character notes. So this was, like, prime time, like, perfect. Of course, that's not the wine I bought. I bought the Sauvignon Blanc. Weird. I bought the chocolate. That just means we have to go back. I bought the chocolate because I also want to try it with another, like, another type of Italian. Because I know I have Sangiovese, and I think that it Well, could you're going to get the chocolate. I'm going to get that wine. Okay. And then we're going we're gonna to recreate this okay. experience. Sounds good. Um, the next one was, okay, and this is, I'm, caveat, because it's not my favorite pairing. And I'll tell you why. One, it was a Zinfandel, uh, California. It was a fine Zin. I don't think it was, it was, it was on the lighter side of Zinn from California what, than Which most. one was it? It's called Brady. Don't know it. Um, I'm trying to remember the guy, it's a cool story about who the guy is who uh-huh. makes it. And there's a kinship with like another well-known winery. But this, it's um, aged for 18 months in French oak punchins. I didn't look that up. I don't know what that means. But How do you spell that? P-U-N-C-H-E-O-N-S. Okay. So while you're looking that up, um, it was paired with a 62% cacao bittersweet raspberry chipotle pecan dark chocolate bar. Pecans are salted and toasted. So I like pecans very, very, very much. Listen. Listen. Uh Uh-oh. I don't like raspberry. You know that. Yeah. If it didn't have raspberry... I'm still not sure that I would be completely sold on the bar, only because the Chipotle is still a little, it's a little too heated for me. The cool thing about this. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. The cool thing about this is that 
it sort of builds on itself, right? So you don't mm. actually get, once you taste the chocolate, you don't actually get like everything all at once. It mm-hmm. sort of unfolds in layers, which is very cool. And that is where the heat kind of picks up because you feel it a little bit like after you have it, you have the raspberry, you've got the chocolate yeah. starting to melt. You feel the chipotle, you taste the chipotle a little bit. And then as everything else is melting and you, you know, swallow, all of a sudden the heat starts to spread in your mouth. Yeah, and then it ruins it, huh? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, I could see that. Again, this is not my favorite Zin either, but I'd say that people generally liked the pairing, the other okay. people in the in the tasting. So a punch-in is, it's, it's basically, it's still a barrel. Um, oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, it's just a smaller barrel. Oh, tinies? So it holds oh. about 500 liters. So, okay, so if that, is it smaller than a regular barrel then? And I only yeah, and ask, actually they use it a lot for whiskey. Okay. I ask because if you have it, okay, so when you age wine, if you put it in a tiny barrel, it means that there's more barrel yeah. like surface area, right? Yeah, so, so you're going to get like more. more of that wood or more whatever the impart the more of that flavor from the barrel imparted on your right. wine. Whereas those barracks that mm-hmm. we talked about before, those are like ginormous. Yeah, things. exactly. And so it's not going to have as you know, heavy uh, an impact on all of the wine. Ooh, I feel smarter now. Thanks, sir. You're welcome. Oh, okay. So, actually, the punch-in is actually bigger. Oh, it is bigger. Yeah, so the French barrel is about 225 to 228 liters. Mm-hmm. And there's a hogshead, which is 300 liters. And the punch-in <laughs> is 500 liters. So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so they actually do sweeter wines or brandies in bigger bottle, bigger barrels. Interesting. Yeah. Mm, that, Interesting. that cocoa nib chocolate is actually good. It's amazing. Fine. I'm loving it. So that was the other thing. And as, as you taste, like one of the things that I started doing at this tasting was taking a bite of the chocolate, mm-hmm. taking a little swig of the wine and just swishing it around a little bit to kind of like mm-hmm. whip it all together, if you will. Whip. Whip um, it good. Whip it good. I had a dance to that in high school. <laughs> I still remember. <laughs> I wish you all could see the visual that, that I'm was, seeing right now. That's the only thing that I it's remember pretty from amazing. it. Anyway. So, moving on. Again, uh, I'm still not convinced I would have loved the chocolate if it didn't have raspberry, but okay. it was a decent pairing, um, but and the Zin was not my favorite. Okay, then we took a turn. We went to Portugal, Mm. and we had a tawny port. Okay. And uh, it's a non-vintage, so the way that these um, fortified wines are made, Mm -hmm. it's usually a combination of like, well, I'll get into this for the next one for the sherry, but uh, it's usually made so that certain, um, the the casks are going to carry wines from a variety of vintages. But the ticket here is that it is aged for a minimum of 10 years. So that combination of what is inside the bottle is minimum 10 years. It is more often much longer than that. But so when you see a a date, like a 10-year, 12-year, et cetera, that is the absolute minimum that it's been aged. Okay. Um, This was paired with a great chocolate. And this is 54% cacao, semi-sweet. So that 54% is apparently on the cusp of dark versus milk chocolate. Uh-huh. 
uh, Mayan spice Ooh. bar. That was super yummy. So it had spice of um, cinnamon and cayenne okay. pepper. Super yummy. Super yummy. I also learned that chocolate is grown uh, cacao or cocoa beans, whatever. Cacao was really fun to say. Cacao. Grown between like 20 and 25 degrees latitude north and south of the equator. Yeah, so it, uh, it doesn't actually share the same terroir as, as it does not. usual wine does. It does not, So that's but, something that they don't have in common. Right, but what's similar is that it will pick up flavors mm-hmm. of the terroir. So like... Cacao or cocoa mm-hmm. has tannins as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like that orange zest from the citrus ginger mm-hmm. bar from before... It's actually planted next to those trees. Um, the beans come from, I keep wanting to say vineyard, but like an orchard? I don't know. That is right next to a lemon grove. Oh. And so that's why it automatically has these like extra citrus notes just because of its, its proximity. It. It's amazing. Yes. Anyway, so fun stuff. I loved all these little random tidbits that we got. Um,. So it was a ruby port. I'm sorry, it was not a ruby port. It was a tawny port. Ruby port is aged for about two years, but tawny okay. port is at least five years. Uh-huh. Um, so the one that we drank was ten. It was very raisiny. It was actually quite I like good. port. I, I mean, actually not did in, too. Not in large quantities. No, you I, no. This is. I mean, I like and port. when you talk about ABV, we're we just jumped up to twenty percent. Oh yeah. So it's twenty percent. I think the range is usually from like twenty to like twenty five, maybe. Um, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Everything's so delicious. That's good. Thank Everything's you. coming up chocolate right now. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Um, chocolate. so do you know there's a guy in Milwaukee who Is goes by Millhouse and hilarious. he dyes his hair blue like Millhouse? It's guys, Milwaukee. We got quirky beyond. We got I'm Mushroom quirky. Mike and Millhouse. <laughs> um, yeah. so, uh, I'm tr- the chocolate was like perfect. It accentuated everything. Like the spice, the mm-hmm. subtle spice, the soft spice, like really worked well with the raisiny nature of the port. It was so good. Um, I actually wrote excellent pairing next to that. that nice. I think that's the only one I wrote that next to. And I didn't buy, I bought the chocolate. Okay. Uh, the next one was a, it was. Lustau, it's an East India Solera sherry from Spain, also non vintage. And Solera has this process where there's like three tiers of barrels. And so, like, you fill the barrel that I'm not sure how you actually start this process, but just imagine you're like well into it. So, when you're gonna fill bottles, you take, you empty about half of the barrel on the bottom, you pour it into bottles, put them away. You then fill the bottom barrel with half of the middle barrel and then from the top barrel you take that half and add it to the second one so you're continuing to just meld all of these flavors from all of these things now i was just reading a book talking about the solera method and you could feasibly have wine particles from decades if not a century before that's pretty cool if it has been around and in use for that long yeah so these are really I think eccentric wines because they have an ability to just take on so many different characteristics and they're so deep and so complex and it's very special when you think about it. Um, this was paired, ooh, another one that I was like, no, I will not eat that. Uh, 41% cacao, coconut curry. Nope. 
deep milk chocolate. Sarah, I bought the bar. It is so flipping good. It's so good. I am shocked because one, 41% is not high enough for me. Two, (laughs) I don't like coconut. It's not nearly dark enough. I, I like coconut and I like chocolate, but I don't like them together. And three, curry is just no for me. So all three, for all three of those reasons, I would not be okay with it. But I would trust your taste, so I would try it for you. Okay. When I get them. All right. We're going we're gonna to recreate this. We'll recreate. Madness. I don't have sherry. Do you have sherry? I have, I have brandy. I don't know if I have sherry. I'll have to check the uh, liquor cabinet. Actually, the sherry was pretty cheap, too. We could probably pick some up. Yeah, okay. You know. We'll just have, you know what, we'll just have a party. We'll have a party. It'll be an excuse. Finally, <laughs> was the whiskey. It was Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah, vomit. Didn't, did not, yeah. did not drink it. I so smelled much wrong it. with that. I mm-hmm. smelled it twice. I smelled it once Mm-mm. as he poured it, and then I poured a little water into it to try to cut it, see if I could make it palatable, and I was like, I'm going to vomit in this cup. Mm-hmm. So I did not do any of that. However, the chocolate that it was paired with was another one of those, like, like on the cusp of, like, Dark to milk, it was 54% again. Semi-sweet vanilla bean malt dark chocolate bar. Oh, see, I would be, I would, that sounds good. Super good. I'm now trying to remember which ones I bought. I guess we'll just have to find out when Shoot. they get here. I think I bought like five bars of chocolate. It's okay. They don't go bad. They were so good. It's so good. And indulgence is, I mean, local shout out, and I wasn't there, but I love indulgence chocolate. Yeah. Their dark chocolate sea salt is one of my favorite chocolates of all time. They also make, they do a lot of seasonal pairings. So, yeah. I mean, this stuff is not always going to be available, which is cool because they really play on what is fresh and what is, and, and again, I don't want to like get too detailed with Julie, but she, she's very much an innovator, which I think segues into something else I want to talk about a little bit. You have but to be if you're doing that. You do, because you can't just keep making the same thing over and over. Granted, you have a market. Obviously, you you continue to produce. You should produce things that are pulling the market. Yeah. But these these more different these different things, like half of these bars, again, I would never have contemplated. I would be like, I'm not spending $6 on that bottle of char- that bar of chocolate. Yeah, I don't have trouble with that most of the time well the, but but with these flavors i was like no like yeah. give me something that has like marshmallow in it sure give me something that has potato chip in it sure i'll no. drink i'll eat that bacon sure curry no no mayan spice i would be afraid it would be too heated i've actually had their mayan spice and it's i know that it's good it is good yeah so but that is the that's the interesting thing that she was talking about is that they really rely on some of these of these events and, like, they do their own, like, flight pairings with chocolate and alcohol uh, at one of their locations. And that is how they try to introduce weird, typically, or unusual, maybe weird is the wrong word, unusual pairings surprising. to people. Yes, because it is so surprising. Mm-hmm. Because when people see it in a flight, they're like, yeah, I could do that. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll get that. That's fine. Same with this. We had no idea going in what we were drinking. Yeah. I mean, if I knew I was having a whiskey, I probably would have been a little more pissed, like, showing yeah. up. But overall, I think it was such a cool experience. And, I mean, a great way to explore chocolate. Because I typically am like you. I'm just like, I'm going to get some dark chocolate. Like, your Dove ones that you usually have, I do love those. Yep. And so I have never thought outside of that box or like outside of the wrap, like outside of the wrapper. Mm-hmm. But like 
I've never really thought about it too much, but there is a lot more that can go into this to be thoughtful about what you're pairing. For sure. And that I thought was such a treat. Such a treat. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you my recent chocolate wine thing. Yes. So we were in Key West and we went to this restaurant called Better Than Sex. And it was a purely dessert restaurant. Oh, shut up. And they had a red wine. Can you guess? It was... Sexual chocolate. Nope. Oh, damn. Um, by Michael David Winery. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is it not, is it, it's not Earthquake. Nope. Because that would be really freak, funny. Freak, freak, freak. It was Freak Show? show? Which Freak Show, though? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was a cab. Oh, okay. Oh, I like, yeah. oh, I like their cab. So, the Freak Show cab... No, they had the glass <laughs> completely dipped in, like, this melted, like, it wasn't completely dark, but it wasn't milk. I just started It was, like, salivating. somewhere in between, and you would drink the, the wine <gasps> with the chocolate, like, it was amazing. I, like, licked the entire glass. I was Wait, just, like... okay, describe this. So, you have a glass. You have a glass. Like, to what... It's, part. It was it's just like the to bowl. the mid part. Oh, to the mid. So part. like it's like dipped to the mid part, and it's like on the inside and the outside. And it's I would have fucking chipped that shit off and eaten it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so and then you're drinking this, which you know Michael David has good wines. So you're drinking this good wine and you're wine drinking, maker of the year from wine enthusiasts. And you're just like, oh my god! And it was an excellent pairing. I I would highly recommend that at several restaurants. It's such an easy idea. Oh my god, but I love it. Was it was delicious. I so. actually I started salivating while you were describing the the wine glass <laughs> and I could not help but think of the friends episode with the there's just a geyser in my mouth with the cheesecake. The oh, one with all the uh-huh. cheesecakes mm-hmm. from Little mm-hmm. Mama's Bakery. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yep. Chandler and Rachel. I like it. Mhm. It what that's right. Yeah. And then they ate it off the floor. <laughs> So, some things I was reading Yes, about what have you learned? Chocolate pairings. Dry red wine is not a great choice. I don't know if they talk about this. Because it's very difficult. Yeah. Because it's just, it, it won't be very friendly to your chocolate. Right. It'll be all too bitter. That's, the, I mean, that's exactly what, what, what they told us. And it's, that's why it's a little more challenging when you get to the reds mm-hmm. to have something that is complementary even if it is a dry wine, it's likely going, like, if it has a high acidity, like, you don't want to have too much of the high tan. You said mm-hmm. they have tannins. Yeah. So you need something that is fruitier, I think. If you had similar, okay, so like the Zinfandel pairing uh-huh. with the raspberry, that was great. And Zinfandel is a dry red wine. But again, this one was a little bit lighter than usual. You need to be a little bit more cautious and I think think through a bit more about how you're going to do these pairings if this is solely what you're going to be doing. Well, some of these people I've been reading, some of these sommelier pros say that milk chocolate goes well with Zin or Merlot. Oh, I could see that, yeah. actually. Um, the smoothness of the milk versus the smoothness of the Merlot and, and the Zin. Yeah, yeah the and peppers. Merlot usually has like a note of cocoa with some cherry fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's complementary to milk chocolate. So, um, also cocoa beans are fermented just like grapes. So they, um, undergo fermentation to soften and round them out and to remove some, some of the tannins mm. from the cocoa beans. Okay. 
And then also, um, it actually changes the color. So, it changes the color? Yeah, look at that similarity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you have, and this kind of goes to your sweet, your port wine. Um, if your chocolate isn't sweet, then your wine shouldn't be. If your chocolate isn't sweet. So the more intense your chocolate is, the more intense your wine should be. Mm. Mm-hmm. So like for oh, a for- yeah. yeah. So like for a fortified wine, then like a dark chocolate would be good. Yeah. So if your flavors mm-hmm. are overshadowed, either by the food, I mean, I'll just say food in general versus you know, including chocolate. Yeah. Or the wine, what what you're pairing it with will just seem flabby and just like the, mm-hmm. and it'll actually dull. I think the experience on both yeah. ends. I agree. So, so some people actually recommend dark chocolate with amarone. I still haven't had that. We have to go. Yeah. So so we basically, your chocolate. If your chocolate's sweet, then you shouldn't have it with like a dry wine, but. If your chocolate's like dark, then you can have it with a sweet wine. I think that's what. Yeah, saying. I think that's true. Yeah, so that's why they're saying dark chocolate can go with like Amarone or Port, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't have like a really sweet chocolate with Amarone or Port. I think that would be too much. I don't yeah. you think that'd be a little overkill? I, agree. I know that there are some things like people talk about pairing like cheesecake with Sauterne or mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, cheesecake is creamy though. It might. It's sweet. Sure, there's sugar in it, but it has a creamier texture. So that's why you don't want to have too much sweet, sweet. Like if you had a tart, I think that would be yeah. overkill, man. Um, so for our white chocolate lovers. Oh, the fake chocolate lovers. Yeah, they do recommend so- Sauternes. Hmm. I guess it has a nice balance of citrus, baked orchard fruits, and honey that would complement white chocolate. I mean, I'm I don't not, know. I don't know the last time I've had like real so, white like, chocolate by itself. I don't know if I would try that, but for all you white chocolate lovers, you can try that out and let us know what you, go. you think. So, so those are a couple just like regular tips, and the same thing like you were saying, like you can have like the heavier bodied mm-hmm. wines should be with heavier chocolates type of thing. Mm-hmm. Lighter wine should be with the lighter chocolate. With the lighter chocolates, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So fun. We have to go to another one. Or just recreate it ourselves. Or recreate or ourselves because I basically bought almost all the mm-hmm. chocolate. Mm-hmm. I had to stop myself, essentially. You just, I had to stop myself from eating all this. I was like, delicious. Jamie, calm. Calm down. yourself. You know where she works. <laughs> so that was really fun. And I think, I again, I learned a great deal at this. And I think that... It was something where, because, you know, usually when we go to these wine tastings, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, here's a few chunks of cheddar Cheese and mozzarella and, yeah, and some and crackers. But we don't really get a lot of detail about the food pairing. And that is what I find so complicated. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. And so it's, it was, a, you know, again, a rare opportunity. Aside from going to a very specially curated yeah. p- yep. uh, prefix mm-hmm. meal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, if there's another one, we got to fucking go. Oh, yeah, there will be, and we will go. And you just tell work that you can't work. I know, work. Damn it. Damn it. Work. What's wrong with you? So, okay, so I did mention my Hershey's, and I just, I'm so sorry, but I am such a nerd. I have seriously had a love of chocolate for my entire 
life. Like, oh, I have you. been a massive chocoholic. Yeah. I have a twin sister. On our birthdays, my mom would make me a chocolate cake, and she would make her cheesecake. Okay, but see, here's the thing. I love, love, love chocolate, but I'm not a chocolate cake or chocolate ice cream fan. Well, I'm going to... As a grown-up, I have sort of... Morphed? Morphed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, you give me an option for ice cream, Mm -hmm. I will usually go vanilla bean. Me too. So, But chocolate cake, I still do like... My mom used to make really good chocolate cake for my birthdays. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) And the other thing, when I was little, I remember... My grandmother would actually tell me that she could still see my ribs, which meant that I needed to have another chocolate donut. Like the Entenmann's, you know? Oh, yeah. The little guys? Oh, so good. So I mentioned Hershey's before, and I am such a nerd. I think that you guys know that I went to business school, and there was um, my freshman year in management 101. Mm Mm-hmm. We were assigned groups, and we were assigned a book to read okay. about specific type of corporate, type mm-hmm. of company. So my group was assigned airlines, and I got to read about Southwest and American. Okay. And other ones. I mean, okay. it, it was called, like, Hard Landing is the name of the book. It's weird that I still remember that. <laughs> That's many years later. Scarred for life. <laughs> uh, but... There was another group, I remember being so pissed off at my professor for giving me that book, because another group had this book called The Emperors of Chocolate, and I was like, oh, God, I just want to learn it, and on the back of this book, Sarah, you have to look, okay, so the front is Hershey Kisses. Ooh, it looks delicious. The back is M&M's. So this book, I was so pissed, so I ended up, I bought it, I bought it off Amazon, uh, is used. I love it. I checked it out from the library, and most libraries don't carry it. Okay. And you can't find it new. They stopped printing it. Okay. So I had to buy it like this because I just, I'm you so fascinated. You need I needed it in your it. life. Yeah. I'm so fascinated by this. This is like a business story that I really, I I, I like. I think that I, you can commend each of these organizations, these companies, for carrying on business the way that they do. And what is amazing to me is that they are both so huge in the candy business, the chocolate specifically, but the candy business, and yet they run their businesses so drastically different. Yeah. Um, Mars is very much, I'd say, they, they call it a patriarchal um, society. I, I don't really know. I mean, do guys run it? Sure. There are two brothers that mm-hmm. run it, and this is the third generation who runs it. Uh, they have a sister, too, and she, I think she does, I want to say she does, like, she's vice president or something. I don't know. But at Mars, there's, there are, and they're very secretive, by the way. Okay. Well, they, they should don't, be. this was a very, this guy, <laughs> uh, his name is Joel Glenn Brenner. Uh-huh. He managed to get inside Mars and, mm-hmm. like, do some interviews. Mars is really pissed off about what came out in the book, and I think it was originally an article that they no longer conduct interviews i mean i honestly i don't think they painted them in a bad light it, they just brought light to what they are doing and how they operate so what's unique about this industry and i always wonder do other organizations function like this they have no offices everybody uh-huh. from the mars brothers and sister down to the lowest on the totem pole everyone works in a non-cubicle environment a non-office environment it's open. Everyone run, goes by the first name. It's not like, oh, doctor this, mister this, blah, Mrs. this. Right. 
everyone's on a first name basis. The cool part about what I learned from this book was that it, they said that they don't know where family ends and business begins because it's all the same thing to them. And so when they make decisions, they make them based on more familial feelings than they would for sound business decisions. Mm-hmm. So they've turned down many acquisitions mm-hmm. on account of the fact that they were like, uh, our company culture, it works. We don't want to have to assimilate other people to our culture because we know it's not great. If it ain't we broke, know it's, don't fix it. I don't it. say it's, it's not great. They know that it's not like ideal to many people and many people can't take it. So yeah. they would rather stick with the people that they have. Right. So that has probably limited them to what they could accomplish. They're very successful, but they're also like a no frills, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody works really, really hard. There are no like crazy pensions, uh, vacations, like elaborate nonsense. Yeah. But they do get paid more if the company does well. And if the company does poorly, then they get paid less. Uh So it's sort of dependent upon that. It's very interesting. Hershey, on the other hand, is a little bit different. I don't want to say he's opulent because I don't think that that is the correct way to describe um, Milton Hershey. Mm -hmm. But I think, and I'm so sorry, I forgot to reread this part, but I don't believe that he and his wife were able to have children. And so he ended up starting an orphanage. And what he, well, before that, he actually, for his employees, he started in caramels with his mother and aunt. Mm -hmm. And he was so into innovation, which is what we talked about a little bit before with indulgence, like so into trying new things and preparing new pieces, new flavors in chocolates. He did the same thing. And that's how he stumbled upon chocolate and just like fell in love with it. And so he ended up, building this utopia, if you will, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And it is, it's like a, it's a town. And the idea was that all the employees would all have homes built in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So they Mm -hmm. had easy access. They had their own fire department, their own police department. Like everything was like self-sufficient. They were just. Pleasantville, but Hershey's. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's so. Unique, I think, because he wanted to be a part of this community and have this community around his company. Very, very cool. Fun fact. Hershey's best friend is this guy, uh, something Miri. Miri partnered with Mars to develop M&M's. Oh, interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Many people don't know Because M&M's that. is Mars. Exactly. But there is a tie. There is a link So I noticed that you mentioned that Mar- you know, there's a thing with peanut butter mm. in Mars, right? Dude. Yeah, because I love peanut butter, right? Yeah, I love so Reese's. I. I like and peanut Reese's butter and chocolate. Hershey. Yep. But I love peanut butter M&M's. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Mars brothers and sister were not they were raised, they were born in um, England and raised in England, and they don't like peanut butter in England. They think it's yeah, disgusting. It's, it's, it's weird to them. Yes. So the family doesn't didn't grow up on it. They don't like it. The family does not make things that they don't like. Now, there was one guy who decided, I can't remember who it was, um, he suggested because Americans love peanut butter. They can't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that this came about with the release of Reese's, like the peanut butter cups. But Which I, I enjoy them. Uh, th- my favorite. Yeah. 
specifically, I do prefer the shapes because I think the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter uh-huh. is much better in like the shaped candies. Uh-huh. Like not the sh- the mini cups, like the Christmas trees, the jack I like the mini cups. I, okay, the way that I like eating the mini cups is I peel off the top, like the crown, if you will. I eat that and then I eat the rest of it because that is a perfect ratio for I don't me. eat it that way. No? I eat the bottom first. Do you? Yeah. And you save the chocolate for after? Yeah. Like the top. It's weird, right? That's funny. Yeah. It's funny that we all have our own thing. Exactly. The only peanut butter thing that Mars makes is peanut butter M&M's. Although it continues to be under like major scrutiny. Because, again, the Mars family hates peanut butter. I like peanut butter M&M's. I love peanut butter. I like to squish them and then put them in my mouth. (laughs) Again, weird ways to eat things. So, I didn't read this book. Sounds interesting. I will it's probably so cool. read it. It's so but cool. But I will tell you just from my own experience with family in England and such. Yeah. I feel like when you go there, the chocolate is just better. Yeah? Like, in general it is, but Mars specifically, hmm. the chocolate that you get there is just better. I don't know how to explain it. It just is. And Cadbury is another thing where I think they're hmm. like... So happy you mentioned Cadbury. <laughs> Mars could have bought Cadbury. And they said no. Well, I mean. But I think you're right. Actually, there's Cadbury down in Australia, too. And it was phenomenal. Um, I think they outdo both I of them. I think it but. depends on the plants, to be honest. And I'm, I am curious if they change. Because let's be honest. Chocolate is, candy is a very temperamental thing. You can't mess with it. It is a yeah, true but, science. Okay, in all, in, all, like, in all honesty, like a Hershey's bar. How much of that is actual chocolate these days? We're eating what we're eating right now is, is way more chocolate, more chocolate yeah. than sugar. Real chocolate than in a Hershey's, just a Hershey's bar. Yeah, I am curious if there are different recipes for different markets. But I mean, it's I would totally not because be you know, like remember how like Coca Cola still they still use real sugar, like sugar cane, I yeah. think in Mexico. Whereas here, they don't. Oh, it's shocking. I, yeah, I know, right? Uh, so it's that is what is super interesting. Because again, you go anywhere outside of the U.S., we don't have these like ginormous max size no. like beverages or foods. It's regular portions. It's typically healthier. But the thing is that it tastes different. And we as a society in America, wow, I feel like I'm going down a tirade. <laughs> we could like have a whole other episode on this. America has become addicted to, literally, addicted to more and more sugar. Do you go to Starbucks and you get a drink? Not just a regular drink. You get like an, uh, uh, like a mocha. You know how many pumps of syrup is in that shit? I don't, I don't get those. Oh. I'm pretty much a co- just Okay, so you're so coffee. good. So, <laughs> mochas, a grande mocha has four pumps of syrup in it. Nobody in their right mind needs four pumps of fucking syrup. Nope, but you're right. I think that's a whole, like, uh... That's another thing. Yeah, no. That's another that's battle. very, and very beast. good valid point. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I don't... Mm-mm. I agree with you on that point. So... I get a little crazy about it. So it makes I. me angry. Because so I'm like, I. give me two pumps. Well, and they're like, I, are you sure? I'm like, yes! Cut that shit. This is why I tell you, I'm a chocolate snob. 
and a chocolate purist because I don't like most of that like yeah oh this is chocolate but no it's not no what we're eating here that I liked is 80% it is 80% chocolate cocoa that's my favorite that's my second best this is okay um, and by this, you mean, I mean the, the one that's chocolate. for Chardonnay and... The dark uh, chocolate with the 80% and the smoked almonds. I'm 100% of a fan of that. This dark chocolate caramel is pretty good. The milk chocolate is decent. It's not your favorite. No. And I did not try the milk chocolate caramel just because... Because you're just not going to waste. No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I know what I like. Yeah. <laughs> you should. So, <laughs> so yeah. grown-ass women. But you should if, know what if, we like. If you guys have any... Um, chocolate recommendations that you think we should try mm. please let us know because post your favorite chocolate and wine or, pairings i mean send us some chocolate <laughs> i prefer dark i think i've made that known are these both dark yeah oh this is belgian dark from malbec oh, so anyway good. i could sit here and talk about this and eat this all day all night continue talking while we finish this plate of chocolate <laughs> yeah Anyway, of chocolate. But this was delicious. Yes, don't be afraid to try random ass pairings, unusual pairings of chocolate and wines. Just do it. Just try it. It's not gonna kill you. You can always stop eating the chocolate. Don't stop drinking. But stop eating the chocolate and find something different that will pair better with it. It can happen. Make it happen. Make it happen. All right. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. To this delicious episode. Mm. Until next time. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers from the girls of DBP.